Welcome to the With You Always podcast, brought to you by Sushipe, the online community information platform for disciples. Here we invite followers of Jesus Christ to share reflections and wisdom from the journey. Our hope is to instill a recognition that God is indeed with us always. Today, John Schaff, an educator, husband, and father from Aberdeen, South Dakota, shares what God is doing in his life. Today is the feast day of St. Thomas Aquinas. Thomas is dear to me because he is the patron of university professors and scholars, so he's the special patron of people like me, scholars, teachers, academics, who hopefully try to give witness to the truth of Jesus Christ, even when we teach at secular institutions. At my institution, Northern State University, Our Newman Center, the Catholic Center on campus, is named after Thomas Aquinas. It's the Thomas Aquinas Newman Center. Thomas was a great scholar himself. He lived in the 13th century. He was a Dominican. Uh, As I say, he was a renowned scholar. He was a fixture at the University of Paris. And Thomas is probably most notable for his application of ancient philosophy, especially that of Aristotle, to Christian theology. To this day, those who follow Thomas's method and teachings are called Thomists, and in the late 19th century, Pope Leo XIII gave the writings of St. Thomas pride of place in Catholic theology and philosophy. The first reading for the Feast of St. Thomas is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. I'll read it to you. Brothers and sisters, Faith is the realization of what is hoped for and evidence of things not seen. Because of it, the agents were well attested. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was to go. By faith, he sojourned in the promised land as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and maker is God. By faith, he received power to generate even though he was past the normal age, and Sarah herself was sterile. For he thought that the one who had made the promise was trustworthy. So it was that there came forth from one man, himself as good as dead, descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore. All these died in faith. They did not receive what had been promised, but saw it and greeted it from afar and acknowledged themselves to be strangers and aliens on earth. For those who speak thus show that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land from which they had come, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better homeland, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when put to the test, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was ready to offer his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac descendants shall bear your name. He reasoned that God was able to raise even from the dead, 
and he received Isaac back as a symbol. According to the Catechism, hope is, quote, the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness, placing our trust in Christ's promise and relying not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. In his encyclical Spe Salve, Pope Benedict XVI teaches us that our ultimate hope is in the saving power of Jesus' death and resurrection. Abraham exemplifies this. By common sense, a man of his age and a woman of his wife's age should not have borne children, but Abraham put his hope in God. Thus, Isaac was born. Abraham is then commanded to sacrifice Isaac, and Abraham obeys, again, putting his trust in the Lord. Of course, we know God stays Abraham's hand and saves Isaac. Few of us will be called to even contemplate such a sacrifice, but Abraham's actions illustrate what is meant by hope. We should not put hope in things of this world. Ultimately, they cannot satisfy us, no matter how good those things are. In the reading from Hebrews, the faithful are called strangers and aliens, recognizing that their ultimate destiny is not in this world. We might think of that song we sometimes sing during Advent, I wonder as I wander. We are wandering, wanderers in this world and wondering about our ultimate home. This should give us comfort and hope that no matter what our circumstances are here in this life, we are meant for more. Benedict says in Space Salve that when we desire things of the world, as soon as those desires are fulfilled, we are left wanting for more. That's because the world can never really satisfy us. Only resting in Jesus do we find the kind of peace that our hearts tell us we are made for. We should strive to make God the center of our existence. Thomas Aquinas was, among his other endeavors, the author of various hymns. I'll close with the lyrics of one of his most popular, Panis Angelicus, in translation. Thus, angel's bread is made, the bread of man today, the living bread from heaven with figures dossed away. O oh, wondrous gift indeed, the poor and lowly may upon their Lord and Master feed. Thee, therefore, we implore, O oh Godhead, one and three, so may thou visit us as we now worship thee and lead us on thy way that we at last may see the light wherein thou dwellest a. Amen. Hi, everyone. My name is Eric Gallagher, the founder of Sushipe, the online community and formation platform for disciples. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and also to encourage you to check out our online community at sushipe.co. That's S-U-S-C-I-P-E dot C-O. At sushipe.co, we're constantly offering free book studies, self-guided mini retreats, opportunities for family fun, prayer, and more. If you're interested in engaging with a community of individuals who are desiring to grow deeper in their spiritual lives, 
check out sushipe.co and get involved today.